0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to One Flew Over the Shorebird's Nest, the Delmarva Shorebirds podcast. My name is Will DeBoer, Director of Broadcasting and Communications for your shorebirds. We've got a dandy of a show for you this week. We'll be joined a little bit later by one of the hottest prospects in the Baltimore Orioles system, 2018 Shorebirds opening day starter, Mike Bauman. Big Mike will join us for our feature interview. Before that, we've got some new business, and quite a bit of it actually. Our call of the week, the interview with Mike Bauman, and then fan shots. But we begin with new business. As always, for new information on combating the coronavirus outbreak and COVID-19 pandemic, visit cdc.gov or ycomicohealth.org. Staying on the national scale, this week Sports Illustrated put out a cover story by Robert Sanchez about the existential crisis in minor league baseball thanks to both this pandemic and the proposed realignment. You can give it a read, and uh, while you're at it, give Robert Sanchez a Twitter follow. He's at Mile High Robert. Our thanks to him and to everybody at Sports Illustrated for helping to raise awareness of the plight that minor league baseball is facing right now. Moving down to the local scale, the Shortbirds are now selling undated ticket vouchers to benefit the United Way of the Lower Eastern Shore. And you, yes you, dear listener, can purchase them right now just visit theshortbirds.com and click on the big big banner on the front page two undated upper reserve tickets they'll go for 15 dollars and can be used for most games either in the 2020 season if we have it or the 2021 season looking ahead towards next year 15 dollars for two undated upper reserve tickets Half of which, or $7.50, goes towards celebrating 75 years that the United Way has served the Lower Eastern Shore. Some restrictions are in place, including but not limited to Fourth of July games. Last week, we held another Shorebirds Virtual Happy Hour. Watch for more of those in the near future, featuring more special guests, including a certain former Del Mar manager that we're glad to have on the Virtual Happy Hour. Our first virtual playball magazine is now online. In it, you can find the same great content you'd be getting if you picked it up live at Purdue Stadium. It's all right there in our virtual playball. We've got new video highlights, some of the Shorebirds' best web gems from the infield last season. Thursday, we've got an Eastern Shore Legends profile of Don Zimmer. Zimmer played his first pro season in 1949 for the Cambridge Dodgers of the Eastern Shore Baseball League, which was in its final season in 49. Well, Zimmer played there, and he liked it so much, he stayed in baseball for the rest of his life. 65 years in baseball for Don Zimmer, and it all started in Cambridge, Maryland. Piece written by yours truly and co-written and researched by a Salisbury University student, Eric Day. And finally, Sunday, we've got our seventh Shorebirds Classic rebroadcast on SoundCloud. It'll be the game from August 9th, 2019, against Canapolis. The Shorebirds were down 4-2 in the seventh, scored two to tie in that inning, and then J.C. Encarnacion and Johnny Reiser busted it open with a three-run eighth to make it a 7-4 Delmarva win over the Intimidators. That win was one of 20 the Shorebirds procured in their final at-bat. Shifting gears to our call of the week, in which we look back at one of the many great moments that made last year's 90-win Shorebirds season so spectacular. Today, we look back one year to the day that this week's episode came out, May 20th, 2019, at Canapolis. In that game, the Intimidators led 3-2 in the top of the ninth, with Lane Ramsey in to close. The Shorebirds are looking for a sequel to a couple of comebacks they had had off of Ramsey earlier in the season, and this day would be no different. Ryan Ogren led off for the walk, then Robbie Thorburn singled. After a pass ball allowed both to advance in the scoring position, two batters later, Adam Hall stood in with a full count. Ramsey sets. 3-2, rocks and rolls. Looped into center, base hit! Ogren scores, rounding third, Thorburn coming home, the throw in from Dawkins to the plate, cut off, Thorburn scores. Two-run single for Adam Hall, Shorebirds lead, 4-3 in the ninth. Adam Hall gets it done. Zach Matson came in from there and completely demoralized K-Town, striking out Ramon Beltre, Ian Dawkins, and Lenine Sosa all looking to end it. One ball, two strikes, Matson at the ready. He wheels and deals. In there, strike three called 12 to six, good night. The ball game is over. The Delmarva Shorebirds come back from the dead. They beat the Intimidators four to three. They take four out of five on this series, seven out of nine on the road trip. Three straight looking strikeouts Mattson, you might as well call him Jay Giles. He was the freeze frame man in the ninth. Adam Hall, a two-run single in the top of the ninth, flipping a long deficit into a lead. And the Delmarva Shorebirds, one more unlikely victory to their tally. One more story for the yearbook. And one more win to frustrate the likes of every other northern contender. That was a Monday night in Kannapolis in the old ballpark, and it was so quiet at that stadium as Matson mowed them down that he could actually hear me from all the way on the mound. It was that exciting of a comeback. That win capped the brutal nine-game, seven-day road trip in which the Shorebirds went 7-2 and two in Greensboro and Kannapolis. By the end of that stretch, they were 33-9, and nine, and a first-half Northern Division title was all but a formality. You can listen to the entirety of that game on the Shorebirds SoundCloud page as part of our Shorebirds Classics series. Now it's time for this week's feature interview with 2018 Shorebirds right-handed pitcher Mike Bauman. Bauman made seven starts for the Shorebirds in early 2018, going 5-0 with a 142 ERA and 47 strikeouts in 38 innings before earning a promotion to High A Frederick. Last season with Frederick and AA Bowie, Bauman went seven and six with a 298 ERA and 142 strikeouts in 124 innings. He started the Carolina League All-Star Game at home for the Keys on June 18th. Then a month later, on July 16th, he threw a no-hitter for the Bay Sox against the Harrisburg Senators, eventually helping Bowie make it to the Eastern League Championship Series. At the end of the year, Bowman shared the O's Jim Palmer Award with Grayson Rodriguez as the organization's two most outstanding pitching prospects. Your 2018 Shortbirds opening day starter, Mike Bauman. Joining us now from Jacksonville, Florida, it's Mike Bauman, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mike, uh, thanks for coming on the show. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, glad to have you. And now uh, it's been, at the time of this uh, airing, uh, a couple of months since everything went on hiatus. Uh, what have you been doing to stay in shape during the time away from the complex and away from baseball? Um, I think
1: I've been lucky enough to have... Um, You know, it's a friend's garage to work out in a few times a week. And then, you know, I have a buddy here in Jacksonville that has a cage. So, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a mound to throw off of to a catcher and then to a couple hitters when needed.
0: That's good. And uh, when you're not participating in some of those to stay in shape, I mean, all of us in this business right now have way more free time than we're ever used to having in april may etc so what have you been doing to uh, stay busy
1: um you know not not too much you know i've been playing a few video games here and there Uh, my roommates actually uh made a little garden that you know i helped landscape so i had that going for me to stay busy um we actually have a Nice little inflatable pool we can throw out in the front yard and have, you know, some some time in the sun. So, you know, just kind of relaxing and, you know, just letting letting the time go by.
0: There you go. What's your been your favorite video game to play?
1: I've been playing a lot of NHL.
0: NHL, huh? Yeah.
1: Yeah, sticking to my roots back home.
0: Gotcha. You were a hockey fan growing up, then?
1: Yeah, I was. I had a lot of buddies play hockey so I, I never played but you know i i grew up watching them and then you know they always had rinks set up in their yards so you know i never got on skates but i'd be able to go walk around
0: on boots and
1: you know watch them go and play against each other so it was pretty fun
0: that's cool did you get into any nhl games growing up what the closest team to you would be either the lightning or the panthers right
1: well actually no i'm from minnesota so
0: oh, duh, of course of course
1: yep so you know, a lot of wild games growing up, actually, and, you know, it's such a great atmosphere. I love it. One of my favorite sporting events to go to.
0: There you go. I mean, hockey in Minnesota, those things go together like, uh, like two peas in a pod, right?
1: Yeah, state of hockey up there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you chose baseball, ultimately, and it's worked out really well for you. And I'd like to flash back, if we could, to opening day a couple of years ago. Uh, you got to start for the Shorebirds, and you struck out uh, 10 batters and five scoreless innings. Uh, what what is what did it mean to you to get to uh, start on opening day of your first full minor league season?
1: Um, you know, it meant a lot. That it was, you know, it was pretty exciting to be able to go out there in Salisbury and to you know pitch on opening night. You know, there's there's a lot of adrenaline pumping, and you know, it was first start of my first full season. So you know, to start out like that and. Um, to be at home was pretty fun experience.
0: Mm-hmm. And you were only in Delmarva for about a month and a half, but you certainly made your uh, mark when you were there. Five and o, one forty two ERA. Uh, what were some of your uh, memories that really stand out of your time, brief as it was, uh, pitching in Delmarva?
1: I think just being with the guys. You know, a lot of those guys I came in with. We played in Aberdeen together, so we had a strong, strong bond. Some. Good camaraderie going into that season, so being with those guys and you know the bus trips there are not too short. So you know a lot of a lot of cards
0: being played on the road, you know a lot of
1: a lot of traveling together is kind of probably my fondest memories of playing with playing with the shorebirds there.
0: Mm-hmm. And getting to know some guys who were your teammates then and would end up being your teammates for uh, the end of that year and then uh, this year and and really. It, it's interesting being in the minors at that level with, the, with a class like that because even if you're moving up at different levels, you're essentially all on the same upward slope.
1: Right, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of guys still playing. So, you know, we had, we had a very strong team there. So, you know, it's, it's been fun going up with these guys.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, it's uh, twice now in your uh, short career that you have uh, moved up from level to level in the middle of the season. Uh, 18, it was Delmarva to Frederick, and then last year it was Frederick to Bowie. Uh, What's the biggest adjustment for you when you shift from level to level when one week you're starting in the South Atlantic League or the Carolina League, and the next week you're in the Eastern League?
1: Um, I think just, you know, you're going from one clubhouse to the next, so you know, luckily here in the organization we have... A bunch of great a bunch of great guys a bunch of great teammates who you know and managers and um, coaches as well that are very very welcoming into uh, bringing you into the clubhouse and making you feel feel at home and like you're part of the team so you know that that kind of takes takes some pressure off you and makes it easier to show up to the field every day you know when you're having fun like that and um you know you, you get that comfortability
0: mm-hmm I you certainly got comfortable in uh, Frederick for the uh, time you were there. Basically the, the equivalent of one season and it culminated with getting to start the All-Star game in the middle of June in Frederick. Uh, the Keys were hosting that game. Uh what was it like to be not just the, an All-Star starter but to start for the host team in front of the home uh, home fans? Oh, that was a
1: blast. The uh the home fa- the hometown fans there were very great to us you know we, we definitely felt the love and um you know we had a, we had a lot of guys represent the team there so um you know it was a blast going out and you know having um the managers and the coaching staff there too as well so you know great experience frederick put on a great show um you know they, they did a great job and uh, definitely made it a week to remember
0: mm-hmm. it was a week to remember and then for you it was basically the swan song in Frederick, because you were up in Bowie pretty quick after that, and you arrived to a Bay Sox team that was in the middle of the best turnaround in all of minor league baseball last year. Uh, what was it like entering a, a clubhouse like that, where everybody's feeling on top of the world for basically two and a half months? Yeah,
1: it was very fun. You know, it was like showing up to the field, you, you just know you're going to win, and being able to go out there and watch the guys put on a clinic, um, you know, it was like everyone everyone was hot in the lineup and, you know, so whoever is going to take the mound that day or later on in the game was going to go out there and perform. So, you know, I think there is a very a lot of energy, which, um, you know, I think led to a lot of momentum carrying over night to night. So, you know, guys were just feeding off each other, having a blast. And, you know, it was just, it was just fun baseball.
0: And for you, I'm sure it was a little bit of a deja vu, not just with the guys you were playing with, but uh, uh, Buck Britton being your manager. He was your manager in Del Marva at the beginning of the season uh, when you guys went on that great run at the beginning of 18. Then you arrive and you play for him in 19, and it seems like that run uh, carries over. Uh, what was it like getting to play for him again? Yeah, it was
1: great. Buck's great. He's an awesome, awesome guy, you know, awesome baseball mind, so You know he he was you know like i said a manager who's very very welcoming makes you feel feel like a part of the team from the get-go so you know um you know i love playing for buck and um you know i think he definitely played a huge role and you know he went on to play be the manager of the year in the eastern league and i think he deserved all that all that credit
0: he did and it wasn't just Buck uh, who you played for, but you had uh, Kenny Steenstra, who was your uh, pitching coach, I believe, in Bowie, uh, long-time mainstay in the Orioles system as a minor league pitching coach. Uh, what sort of lessons were you able to pick up uh, pitching for him for uh, three, uh, two and a half months?
1: Um, he, yeah, Kenny was great. He, he, and um, you know Josh Conway as well. So um, he was there as a player developmental coach. So. Um, you know Kenny did a great job of just like kind of game managing you know he was he really helped me like stay focused throughout my starts and bring me back to that kind of mentality I needed to be in and then in between starts you know he he helped me stick to the plan of you know what do, what do I need to do to get better each day and josh was right there with him so you know they they really embraced it you know they really they really helped me out so i I couldn't thank them enough for it for being there over the summer. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, We're talking with Mike Bauman, a former Shorebirds starting pitcher, uh, finished up the season last year with Bowie. And about a month into your uh, stay with the Bay Sox, Mike, uh, you had that great night against Harrisburg, July 16th, uh, a no-hitter with 10 strikeouts. And uh, I, I know you've probably answered about, you know, Uh, five ten thousand questions about this already but uh here we are ten odd months later what stands out to you the most about that night
1: oh um yeah man that was that's a unforgettable night um i think the thing that just stood out was just you know the you know going into the night you know you never really expect that to happen um but you know just kind of having the guys behind me rallying behind me you know they you know they were great i mean they i couldn't have done it without them so you know once that last out hit and um the thing i won't forget is just having everyone around me at the end around the mound and you know congratulating me and you know i you know that was that was pretty special and uh just have them you know i couldn't have done it without them so that, that was pretty great to kind of share it with those guys
0: uh, and From an outside perspective, at least, noticing the guys who were on that Harrisburg team, I think Michael A. Taylor was the guy you struck out to finish it off. And when you think about it, that Harrisburg team might have been even better than a standard double-A team because you're working with a Nationals organization that had their triple-A club marooned in Fresno. So a lot of uh, guys who maybe could have been in triple-A were playing for Harrisburg uh, in that game, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, a lot. There's a there were a lot of guys in that lineup that you know are very respectable hitters, and um, you know, and the Nationals organization is a team that we play all the way up through through the minors. So you know, you get to know those guys, and they're very very strong hitters. So um, you know, I just tried to stick stick to my attack and stick to the game plan.
0: And certainly stick to your game plan. You did. Um, so you're in Double A. Now and a lot of guys who are in Double A at least have a little bit of big league experience. Uh, who's the toughest guy that you think you've faced in your uh, first three three seasons in a pro as a pro, and it could be either in Double uh, A with Bowie or it can be anybody in Frederick Delmarva uh, down the line.
1: Um, I don't think I'll ever forget facing Juan Soto. Um, he was he was a you, you felt his presence in the box. He was a strong hitter, and that's just when he was. 18, 19 years old, too. So, you know, he's he's even gotten better since then. So, you know, I'll I'll never forget facing a guy like him.
0: Oh, goodness. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, he he started the year in single A that year. And within a month, he was in the major leagues. Uh, I think anybody getting him out, I and mean, that's a real feather in the cap for anybody who, who was able to sit him down at that point in the minor leagues. Right. He was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So you arrived on this buoy team and helped them uh, complete the turnaround and uh, make it to the postseason, ultimately made it to the Eastern League Championship Series uh, where you faced Trenton. Uh, I, I've heard that basically at, at every level postseason pitching, it really is a different feeling than it is in the regular season. Uh, what was it like for you to get to start in uh, postseason games when the weather's cooling off and it really does start to feel... Uh, like the fall.
1: Yeah, you do. It, it's nice. I love that weather. Um, you know, get get that cool breeze in the air, and um, you know, you get the adrenaline going. And you know, playoff playoff baseball is a lot different. You know that you get the you get the blood pumping, you get the adrenaline going. You know, you you want to win. It's when to go home. So you know, it was it was a good time. It was a great time, great experience. So um, you know, playoff baseball it was it was a nice little taste.
0: Indeed, and uh, I mean, even if the weather's cooling off, I'm sure that's that's old hat for you, being from Minnesota. What, what's the coldest that you've ever pitched in?
1: I actually remember pitching in 18 degree weather back in high school. Was, 18. There were some flares, yeah. It was oh it was a cold one.
0: My goodness, can you can you even feel the baseball at that point?
1: Uh, no, actually, you can't. Um, so I, I won't forget that. I think it was a quicker game, so uh, they they got us in, got us out. Um, but, yeah, that's that was the coldest. I actually could not feel my hand. I remember that.
0: I mean, that's what it's like pitching. Imagine being a batter in a game like that where you know that the pitcher can't feel the ball, so he might not know where it's going either.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I actually – I think I like it actually throwing in the cold. Maybe not that cold, but, um, you know, I, I like I like playing in the colder weather. You just got to warm up more.
0: It okay, just bodes well for uh, for pitching in October if that eventually comes. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah. So – by the time this thing airs uh should have been about a month and a half into the uh, regular season uh if we were uh playing right now uh, so we've had some time to you know think about all the things that we miss um, is there an like uber specific thing that you miss the most about not having baseball not, uh, right now and it can be you know as specific as you like
1: the thing i miss the most about having
0: baseball or about not having it right now yeah
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I kind of miss that competition acts, but you know, you you don't, you don't get that just playing catch in your yard. You know, you, it's, you know, I miss having that, that, you know, me versus you in the box. So, um, you know, you know, I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to that and, you know, get, get that, you know, that's what a lot of these guys have passion for and that's what we're missing out on. So, um, you know, I, I can't wait to go back out there and compete and, um, you know, see, see what our team can do.
0: Oh, well, we can't wait to, uh, to watch you go out there again and compete, and you and the rest of your teammates. It'll be a, a really happy day when we, when we get to do that again. Uh, Mike Bauman, ladies and gentlemen, a former Shorebird ace and riser through the Oriole system. Mike, thanks so much for joining us and uh, stay healthy and safe. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me. Our thanks again to Mike Bauman, one of the most promising prospects in Baltimore's crop of pitching. You can follow him on Twitter, at Big Mike, and that's spelled with two I's and two E's. So it's at B-I-G-M-I-I-K-E-E, at Big Mike for Mike Bauman. Shuttling along to Fan Shots, the segment for Shorebirds fans by Shorebirds fans. Submit your favorite memories and you can hear them on this podcast. We'll take either written or spoken submissions. Send them to wdeboer at theshorebirds.com or post them as a comment on this episode's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram posts. This week's memory comes from Michael Swartz, who enjoys yelling, See ya! for strikeouts and jumping the gun on the umpires. Every minor league ballpark needs fans like that. The diehards, the ones who make it a tough place to play, the ones who remind opponents what it's like to have to go through Del Marva. A few South Atlantic League ballparks really do stand out in this regard. The West Virginia Power have Toastman Rod Blackstone, who's been doing his spiel for almost 30 years. Hickory's got guys with the megaphones, not nearly as impressive as uh, Mr. Blackstone, who does it all with his own voice and toaster. Then in Asheville, the sound has nowhere to escape, with the stadium being right at the base of the Blue Ridge Mountains, so a crowd of 3,000 can sound double or triple that. The Shorebirds, of course, have Moran the superfan and his giant sunglasses from behind home plate, plus Sia, Michael Swartz, and others. And you could see this fan loyalty on full display during last year's home playoff game against the Hickory Crawdads. Delmarva may have lost the game in extras, but the postseason atmosphere was second to none. We're counting on all of you to bring that ruckus whenever it is we're getting back to Purdue Stadium for Shorebirds baseball. Thanks to Michael Swartz for this week's Fan Shot. time to punch out on another episode of One Flew Over the Shorebirds Nest. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review of the podcast or host it on Anchor.fm also available on Apple, Spotify and wherever fine podcasts are curated. You can keep up with the Shorebirds online. Visit theshorebirds.com or follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm on Twitter at Will DeBoer and you can also follow our guest Mike Bauman at Big Mike, spelled with two I's and two E's, Big Mike. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode featuring 2019 Shorebirds all-star reliever Zach Matson. New episodes are available both during this hiatus and whenever we get back to baseball. Until then, this is Will DeBoer saying stay healthy, stay safe, and may all your favorite bands stay together. You've been listening to One Flew Over the Shorebirds Nest, the Delmarva Shorebirds podcast. So long, everybody. This has been a production of the Delmarva Shorebirds Baseball Club. Class A affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles.